Welcome to the Radiant Church Podcast. I'm glad you're here. Grab a Bible or open up your favorite Bible app as we get into God's Word together. Were you encouraged by the worship this morning? Yeah. Amen. Um, well, we're not done yet. We still got some more for you after this. Um, if you have your Bibles, and I hope you do, we're going to be in 1 Peter today. 1 Peter. Um, if you would like to follow along in a physical copy of God's Word, all you have to do is simply lift your hand, and we will be glad to put a copy of the Bible um, in yours. If you don't own a Bible, do me a favor. Uh, please write your name in that bun and take it home as our gift to you. We want everyone to have a physical copy of God's Word if they would like. We're going to be in 1 Peter uh, chapter 1, verses 3 through 9. And I'm going to be reading from the Christian Standard Version. Beginning in verse 3, the word of the Lord says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading kept in heaven for you. You are being guarded by God's power through faith for a salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. You rejoice in this, even though now for a short time, if necessary, you suffer grief in various trials, so that the proven character of your faith, more valuable than gold, which, though perishable, is refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though not seeing him now, you believe in him, and you rejoice with inexpressible and glorious joy, because you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Would you pray with me? Father, God, would your word come alive to us in this moment? Would you speak so that they wouldn't just hear my voice, but yours? God, conform my thoughts to your thoughts, my words to your words. Let me do your will, nothing more and nothing less in this moment. And God, would you give us all ears to hear and hearts ready to obey? Father, I pray for anyone under the sound of my voice who does not yet have a relationship with you. God, I pray that the word will work, saving to the uttermost. And we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. All God's people said, amen and amen. Um, This living hope. Today, our theme for um, Advent is hope. Um, And hope is one of those things that's actually all around us, and yet we may not even notice because hope is just the anticipation of something good coming. Um, From children looking at presents underneath the tree, wondering what they got this year, um, to something that we do in in our house. Uh, It's Shepherd on a Search. Some of you heard of Elf on a Shelf. Um, This is like the holy version of that. 
because um, we keep it holy now. So I'm just playing. Uh, it's just shepherd on a search. Um, and my wife, Jenny, hides this little uh, shepherd figurine around the house. And our kids who already wake up early every morning, amen, now wake up just a little bit earlier and a little bit more excited to go search the house to find this shepherd that Jenny has strategically and mysteriously placed. Um, Because once they find it, they do an activity, they read an Advent reading, and it's a really special time. But that anticipation of can't wait to go to sleep and can't wait to get up, that's what hope oftentimes looks like. It's this firm belief that what's coming is good. Now, as we get a little older, it's a little harder to have that much hope, is there? Um, One, because adults don't get Christmas gifts as much as we used to, right? Um, And so Christmas is now uh, on the expense column, not the income column. But more than that, we, we go through certain things in life where it becomes harder and harder to hope. And the word of God in verse 3 says that for every believer, we should give honor to glory of the God our Father because of his great mercy. He has given us a living hope, a living hope. And that's what I want to talk about for just a few minutes today. What is this living hope? You see, all the hopes that we experience in this natural world are not living hopes. There are things that we hope happen one day, and some of them happen, and when that happens, our hope dies, doesn't it? Because it becomes our reality. Some of you years ago hoped for a job or hoped for healing and hoped for a family, hoped for all these other things and prayed for all these different things. And for some of us, we have received some of those things. But the moment hope becomes reality, it dies, doesn't it? That's a good thing. We hope to experience the things that we desire and long for. Yet God promises us something bigger than that. He promises us something called a living hope. You see, the hope that the believer has doesn't have an expiration date. The hope that the believer has will never be fully satisfied because we'll never get all of who God is. We'll never experience him. And so there's always something to look forward to in eternity. But we're not quite there yet, are we? You see, the bookends of the Bible have both a promise on both ends, helping us to be confident about what God has said and confident about what God is doing. You see, in Genesis chapter 3, there's a great promise that although the serpent will bite the heel, the heel will crush the head. And that one verse in Genesis 3.15 is the proto-euangelion, the first gospel message that, yes, Satan will look like he wins for a time. But victory is the Lord's. Then you fast forward to the end of Revelation 22, and it's almost this victory lap of God's kingdom ruling and reigning on earth. Death is no more. Disease is no more. War is no more. And the lion and the lamb laid down together in perfect harmony. The swords are turned into plowshares to cultivate instead of destroy. And those are great and good promises. But in between Genesis chapter 3 and Revelation 22, we now find ourselves today. Looking backwards to what God has said and looking forward to what God promised. But the reality is we are right there in the middle of tension of believing God is good and yet not always feeling that God is good. Believing God will do what he said he would do, but living in the tension of he hasn't done it yet. And this is the tension of hope. God hasn't answered every promise He hasn't taken away every tear from every eye. He hasn't granted all that he has promised to give, and yet we still believe. But it can be hard to have hope, can it? 
Some of you just a few weeks ago walked into the voting booth and saw the names on the screen and felt it's hard to have hope, isn't it? Some of us have been praying for healing, but yet our bodies are still racked with pain. Some of us have been praying for a family, and it seems further and further off every single day. Some of us have been praying for wayward children, and they still seem to be on the long part of their journey. You see, our hope is still hope because it's not our reality yet. And it can be hard to continue to hope that God is going to do what he said he's going to do. But this living hope is not just a set of circumstances that we hope becomes true one day. You know, for the believer, the living hope is not a what, but it's a who. It's a man, Jesus Christ. Now, let me compare this verse of living hope with another promise that we find in Matthew chapter 28, oftentimes called the Great Commission. And some of us hear the go into all the world, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth, but we skip over what was said first. Do you remember the words of Jesus Christ at the beginning of the Great Commission? In verse 18, it says, Lo, or behold, I am with you always. You see, that's the great promise that I am with you always. So let's compare the promise of Matthew 28 with the promise of this living hope in 1 Peter 3. Let's see what we get. We have this living hope that Jesus is, and he promises to be with us always. We have a promise as a believer to have hope always be with us. We have a promise to always have hope at arm's reach because hope is Jesus. And here's the tension. Many of us have confused hope with triumphalism or confused hope with really bad Christian cliches. So let me unpack those for just a second. Triumphalism is this thought that God wins as if we were in some adversarial combat with the world. That's not what biblical hope is, not just that God wins, but that God is with me. You see, winning and losing is God's business, but the promise is that God is with us. Lo, I will be with you always. Lo, hope will be with you always. But many of us, it's not triumphalism. It's really just been bad Christian cliches that have made us struggle to believe. We've heard things like, oh, it'll all work out. Some of us have said it. Some of us have heard it. That's not the promise in the Bible, y'all. The promise is not everything will work out. The promise is God will be with you. That hope will be with you. I can't promise you that God will answer every prayer that you're praying, but I do know that God will be with you. You see, hope is not an exclusive feeling. You can have hope and heartache. You can have hope and anger. You can have hope and frustration with tears rolling down your face. You can still have hope because it's not a person, it's not a circumstance, but it's a person. And as long as you know Jesus, you have hope, even if it don't feel like it. I know we look at our world today and we wonder what's happening. We look at our children today and we wonder what's happening. We look at our marriage, our finances, our health, and we wonder what's happening. But that's the hope of the world. The hope of the world says that we just have to hope for a better day or better set of circumstances. That is not the hope of the believer. The hope of the believer is not a better set of circumstances. The hope of the believer is Jesus. 
And as long as he is still on the throne, as long as he really did die, really did ascend down to Sheol, really did raise in power, then we have good news coming. It may not be in this life, y'all. You may have tears and anguish and sacrifice and suffering into the day that you die. But when that day comes, we will see him. And we will not be disappointed. Hope is saying my body is aching and yet I believe Jesus. Hope is saying my finances are looking funny, but I believe Jesus. Hope is saying, I haven't gotten everything that I prayed for, and I don't know why, but I believe Jesus. Look at what it says in verse 6. It says, you rejoice in this, this living hope, even though now for a short time, if necessary, you suffer grief in various trials. Being a Christian does not give us an exemption from suffering. More times than not, it calls us to run towards it as we love our brother and sister, fight for justice in this world, live holy and righteous lives. It oftentimes puts us in harm's way, doesn't it? And so the promise for the Christian is not to have a better life. No, the promise of the Christian is to have a life with him. And that is better. Look at these last few words as I close. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though not seeing him, you believe in him and you rejoice. How can we rejoice when everything around us seems broken, everything in us seems wrong, everything in our lives and in our vision seems to be always falling short of the promises God gives, of the future hope that God promises? How can we rejoice? Because, verse 9, You are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. You see, the reality is, for the believer, the reason why we have this indestructible, uncorruptible hope is because no no matter what happens in this life, not only is God with us, but every single day we get closer to us being with him. Not only is God with us in this life through our tears, through our failures, through our frustrations, through our anger, through our sickness, through our death, through our doubts, through our questions. Not only is God with us, but one day we will be with him. And so, family, let me give you an encouragement. Hope is not an exclusive feeling. You don't have to just feel hope. Some of us grew up in church traditions where they didn't allow us to be honest. Can we talk about it? You couldn't say anything negative because that was a lack of faith. You couldn't say that you were sick because that was a lack of faith. You didn't want to be negative, so you just threw out the Christian cliches, I will be okay one day. Or how you feeling today? Oh, God is good. That's not what I asked you. We've been taught to not tell the truth because it sounds like it's a lack of faith in God, but it's not. Hope is saying my body is racking with pain. I have questions about my faith. I'm doubting whether my children will ever come home, but I believe in Jesus. That's what hope looks like, family. Hope is saying, I feel what I feel. I see what I see, but I also know what I know. That Jesus is with me, and one day I will be with him. So the question I want to pose before us today, if you have trusted in Jesus Christ, 
What is blocking your vision of seeing how good God is? What is obscuring your vision from seeing Jesus clearly and having hope in his promises? What is getting in the way of you believing that God is good? And for those here today, you may not have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Or maybe today you heard about him in a different way than you've heard before. Let me just say this. Most of the Christian cliches you heard growing up are probably not true. I can't promise you that things will get better if you're a Christian. I can't promise you that God will answer every prayer. But I can promise you God will never leave you nor forsake you. For behold, hope in Jesus is with you always. And take it from somebody who's been on both sides of the faith someone who rejected him and someone who's not following him, it is better with him than without. It is better knowing him than rejecting him. And although this life, as the word of God says, you may, if necessary, have to suffer some trials, the promise of God isn't that it'll all work out. The promise of God is I will be there with you. In the moments of anguish, in the moments of uncertainty, in the moments of doubt, God is still there. If you're doubting Jesus, Take your doubts to Jesus. If you're mad at God, point your anger to him. If you have questions whether he's real or true, ask those questions to him because he's with you, family. He can bear the weight of our questions. He can bear the weight of our anger. He can bear the weight because he sent his son so that we would have a relationship with him, not one that's fake or trite or full of Christian cliches, but one that's real, that's able to navigate the depths of this world and the hardness of life and still be with us and sustain us. Our living hope is not in a change of circumstances. It's in Jesus. And as long as he is on the throne, we can have hope. Would you pray with me? Thank you for joining our family in North Charleston as we heard God's word preached today. We would love to connect with you. You can find us online on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Send us a message to learn more about what Radiant Church is doing or support the vision of Radiant Church at radiantcharleston.com giving.